Here's Odin Wingy. It's a hat trick. And it's five for the Baggies. Boing, boing, take that. Welcome to the WBA Canada podcast. Your home for the latest news and exclusive interviews about the club we love from a Canadian's perspective. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the WBA Canada podcast. I'm joined today by a very special guest. He's our top goal scorer in the Premier League. It's Peter Odomwingi. Peter, how are you doing today? I'm very well, thank you. How's England been treating you? It's been great, thank you so much. So, we have so much to talk about, but I always like to ask my guests, just how did you get into football when you just started to play? Uh, well, my dad was a doctor in uh, an insurance company in Nigeria, and they had a football club that they sponsored called Bendel Insurance. Yeah. It was a big club, produced top players for Nigerian national team. And uh, as a doctor, sometimes he used to help out with the team. Yeah. So some days he will just take me along with him to the training session. And then I saw... Yeah. First thing I think I remember from football is two players heading the ball to each other and uh, they look like giants to me. I remember their kit, it was similar to, it was very similar to the West Brom yellow and green kit. But in my time I didn't get to play in that and I always wanted to, but our away colours were red or black in the first two years. And when I left West Brom, the yellow they brought it back, back, so it was a bit uh, disappointing. Uh, but I said maybe there was some, you know, destiny for me to yeah. play for the Baggies because my first ever club, like introduction to football, was those colors. Yeah. And uh, I kind of was in a hot scenarios a few times where the police had to use tear gas yeah. to uh, disperse the crowds. And I felt there's something about this game everybody's yeah. Uh, yeah. so in love with. So I said to that, I want to be a footballer from quite yeah. early age, which was about five. Yeah, excellent. Did you have a footballing hero growing up? I could say the Nigerian national team as yeah. a team were, was what I followed. My dad used to bring DVDs, uh, those days, you know, those videotapes. Yeah. He'll bring them from uh, Japan, World Cup for the under 17s, then Atlanta 96 when Nigeria won yeah. the gold. So those kind of things built yeah. my, it gave me a lot of inspirations. Yeah. But later on, obviously, um, I picked few players uh, yeah. that I followed closely. Yeah. The JJs, the yeah. Kokocha, the Kanus, yeah. and um, uh, on the right wing, there's Fini de George, who was so good. Yeah. So, kind of watching them, learning from them, helped yeah. me become a good yeah. player that I am. It's interesting you say that because I'm from Canada, and I'm not sure if you know this, but we've just qualified for the World Cup for the very first time. Well, not very first time, but first time in 36 in, in years. In long time, yes. Oh, I know, because I have a friend who is a former Canadian international, yeah. Michael Klikowski. Yeah, yeah. And he was the first to tell me that they have a great team and they yeah. qualified for World Cup with, yeah. actually with a gap. Yeah. Like they had the cushion in yeah. the points. Top of, top of our group in CONCACAF. Yeah, yes, yes. And it's, it's very interesting it. because I sense that sort of the same idea of what we're trying to build in Canada. You talk about how you're influenced by the Nigerian national team making the World Cup and playing in different tournaments. And I think that's just the hope for us as well, that we're going to have the same sort of situation. We'll have better players coming all the time. We have players now playing in Europe at the top level. Alfonso Davies playing for Bayern Munich. Yes. Jonathan David playing 
in France right Lille, now. So in Lille, right? Yeah. yeah my former club. Your former Lille. club. So they have a good eye for good players. Lille yeah. of France. So I heard uh, he's playing there. So um, not surprised because uh, there is a crop of players who play in Europe um, yeah. in that team. Of course, it will inspire the younger ones because Canadian, the girls were doing yeah. well over the years. Now the men's team, I think there will be an influx of yeah. uh, kids who wanting to play football because yeah. it's like a hero, isn't it? Yeah. If you do something that your country hasn't done for such a long time, that group of players will be well remembered and they will yeah. obviously bring lots of children yeah. uh, to the sport. And it's the fact that they're young, fast, exciting players as well. Um, Alfonso Davies is probably one of the fastest footballers around at the moment. So it's just exciting to see. So I was going to ask you as well, transitioning a little bit, how did you get into the professional game? Um, obviously, I was always in the academies growing up. Uh, so when we lived, I grew up partly in Russia, Soviet Union, former yeah. Soviet Union, and partly in Nigeria. Yeah. So I was always in the academies. So towards my probably 13th, 14th birthday, I was already in like a proper football club that had an academy and the senior team was in the highest division, yeah. Russian Premier League then. Yeah. And then a year after that, I went for a trial to CSK Moscow yeah. in Russia because one of my friends from childhood was in the boarding school there and we were quite close when we were kids. I said, I would like to join you guys here because they had the indoor facilities to yeah. train in the winter because of the Excellent. weather conditions yeah. and they gave me a trial yeah and uh, but i was very tiny and uh, they were not sure but they saw talent and then my dad was as tall as i am today so they're like he should be already a bit yeah tall and bigger than he is but i'm a old uh, they say maturation levels yeah. are different from players so i was a late developer you yeah know? so my gr growth spurt was quite late but they saw that, that there's a potential to grow and they kept yeah. me which was a big breakthrough for me as a youth and yeah. I was in one of the best academies in, in, in the country then, CSK Moscow, talented players. Yeah. So that developed me a little bit. Then the, the trip the trip to Nigeria, we yeah. moved with the, with the uh, family. I, and then I started learning from players like Payo Sikedia, who played for Ajax Amsterdam, yeah. Julius Ogawa, who scored with the backflips, yeah. Nigerian famous oh, guy. Yeah. Yeah, so, um, I played with them like a couple of years uh, in the reserve team of the Bendel Insurance yeah. after so many years. Yeah, yeah. And I got a call up uh, to the national team of Nigeria yeah. before World Cup in Japan, Korea, because I was a uh, top scorer in the Nigerian league in the first yeah. season when I started playing. And that's how I got a call up and then I had a trial in Anderlecht in uh, Belgium, yeah. which was unsuccessful. Um, it was a big club and then, but this reserve team coach saw a talent in me and advised one coach to sign me, a small team in Belgium. So they yeah. ended up signing me. So that was my first professional contract in Europe. Okay. And uh, on my first year, I won the Belgian FA Cup with a very small team. Wow, cool. So sometimes I think players at the age when they are turning professional, they should be patient. Yeah. Because I was disappointed they didn't offer me a contract in Anderlecht. Yeah. So I went to a very smaller team, but I had a chance to play every week yeah. and develop as a player. So that's what I will always advise. Try to be in a place where it's not just the name. Yeah. You're having the time to learn the trade. Exactly. Know? So that was actually a blessing yeah. in disguise, although obviously I was disappointed in the beginning. Yeah. But at the end of the day, I thought that was a better 
it builds your character up as absolutely, well. Absolutely, absolutely. So you already mentioned them. Um, you got to play in the Champions League for yeah, Lille. With Lille. Um, yeah. What was that experience like? Probably one of the best in football. I know, you know, I had the Olympic Games to play in, in China and the, we got to the finals. That was really beautiful. But Champions League for a footballer carries something very special, yeah. you know, when they, the, the song starts, yeah. the kids uh, waving that, uh, yeah. the flag. You know, you always get goosebumps before, yeah. before just watching it. Yeah, and then too. eventually I was watching, playing against in, uh, AC Milan at San Siro yeah. on that. And I used to follow AC Milan a lot as a kid. Yeah. And I'm like, now I'm here listening to this track and playing against them. And then I ended up scoring even yeah. in that match and Lille won 2-0 against players like, you know, Pirlo, yeah. uh, Gattuso, Nesta, all these guys. And I was like, wow, you know, but we had a coach who brought the best out of us, Claude yeah. Puel. And he, his, his motto was La Grinta, means, you know, he got yeah. us all to work so hard. And with young squad, we could beat teams like Man United once yeah. in Paris, 1-0, and AC Milan away as well, 2-0. So it was great moments, Champions okay. League uh, time. Yeah. So now we'll transition to West Bromwich Albion, who's obviously my favourite football club. Yeah. Um, when did you first hear about the Albion coming in to sign you? In the summer after the World Cup or in uh, South Africa. Yeah. So um, I keep saying it's a funny story because uh, other teams of the Midlands were kind of asking questions here and there. Birmingham City even put a bid in before the World Cup in South Africa that the club turned down uh, yep. because they thought after the World Cup my price would go higher even if I was going into the final year yep. of my contract um, and I wasn't extending it there. But um, uh, West Brom now came in later uh, yep. in, the, in the window and I was looking to come to the Premier League. I had offers from a few other places but Premier League was uh, the demand of Nigerian yep. fans. They wanted to see yeah. me play in the Premier League. Yeah. So every time I went to play in the national team, everybody when are you going to play in the Premier League? Truly we want to watch you every week. We want to watch you every league because in Russia, in France, we can't watch you because this super yeah. sport is a South African channel that shows Premier League yeah. every week. Wow, yeah. I said, we love you here and we want to watch you often. So I'm like, okay, my next move has to be into the, uh, Premier, yeah, League. Into the Premier League. So then the interest came. We made it happen and I had yeah. made my debut pretty quick. Yeah. And uh, yes. Yeah, what a debut it was. Yes, yes. And one to remember, of course. Yeah. So you just touched on the debut there, 1-0 one one victory over Sunderland and you scored the winning goal. Can't get much better than that. How did, how did that feel? Oh, it felt uh, great, as unbelievable as it sounded. You know, I arrived at the club on Thursday, had yep. this training on a Friday, you know, new team, new group, yep. new stadium, new league, everything was new. Yep. But uh, it's just, you know, it's like I had wings, you know, I was yep. just happy as a kid. Yeah. I embraced that game as a child, like finally yeah. a dream come true to play in Premier League. Yeah. I knew they lost the game 5 0 as I was watching on TV. So yeah. that was the first game of the season. Yeah. A home game as well. So I said I'll put my best effort, you know. Yeah. And sometimes it's just meant to be. And exactly. It uh, felt like, you know, it was meant to be. We were a perfect match from day one, and I hit the ground yeah. running. Uh, from the first yeah. game. Yeah. yeah, great. I read this story on uh, Wikipedia. Um, it says that before the first, before that one of the games in that season, um, there was a little bit of controversy from your one of your past clubs potentially being racist towards you having having banners that were against you, and 
West Brom fans really embracing you and bringing you in and having actually some funny signs. Um, that it was particularly Locomotive from Moscow, um, and they were saying um, that they were happy to see you go, and all the West Brom supporters were saying how happy they were to see you come in. What were your thoughts on the fans, the West Bromwich Albion faithful? Oh, of course, they, um, they've been known, you know, they accommodated the, one of the great trios, uh, yes. you know, they were black players, you know, the, the history was there from the club and I wasn't surprised I'll get all the support because Kanun Wanko pay, played here, Nigerian Kanu, these are players I rang before going there, they all said good things about the club, yeah. that I'll be happy there, that I shouldn't doubt I should go. The only worry was that they relegate often. Yeah. But I knew I'll come with goals because, yeah. you know, my hunger and the quality yeah. could add to the squad. Obviously, it was disappointing to um, have that situation with locomotive fans, but uh, they were kind of... Uh, a big club, not getting the results they wanted. Yeah. So sometimes it's a bit of a mix. Thing, yeah. everything in one they tried to scapegoat me at that time yeah like uh, I wasn't performing for them and uh, on the first day I arrived in West in West Brom I scored a winner and I haven't scored in the last few games then yeah. so there was a bit of a mix of everything yeah. and a minority of yeah. the fans there did the banner which obviously West Brom responded to yeah and it did help me settle yeah. down really and uh, sometimes the fit is just it fits for you and I think that first season obviously it seemed to click perfectly. You had two Player of the Month awards given yeah. to you. Yes. Um, now we'll get into the next season, which was a very special season to me because that was the last time I was in England. Okay. So um, you had a couple fit fitness issues to start the season, but the first game you played in actually was the, f was the game I got managed to go see. Norwich. You played you played Norwich at Carroll Road okay. and you scored the winner. All right, yes. And I was at that game. Oh, and okay. It's it's a very special moment for me cuz it was the moment I fell in love with football and it was the moment I fell in love with West Bromwich Albion. Oh, bless you. Because right. it was just I think once you see the passion okay. and you spoke about it a bit earlier how how passionate fans are about the game. It was that was a moment where it really set for me oh, right. um, special oh, right. as well because um, I bought a shirt when I arrived in the country the first shirt I ever spent my own money on okay. to, buy, to buy and I got your name on the back of oh, it wow. so I don't know if you remember <laughs> but a couple days ago Mm -hmm. you, I got you to sign Say. that shirt for me. All right. So that's yeah. going up on the wall in so Canada. So that's 2011-2012. is when you came and that yep. was again. So now I'm happy to hear that because, you know, yeah. it's, this is why we work hard to bring joy to people yeah. and got you in, into like uh, the Albion big family yeah, on exactly. a winning note. And of course, that goal for me was special because yeah. this end, the first season ended up with me, yeah. you know, having to go... Uh, to um, the summer holiday with few injections to settle yep. down the uh, inflammation I had in my ankle. Yeah. So then when I came back, I struggled still with it. Yeah. And just the week I got fit, Roy yep. was needing goals and we needed yep. three points. And yep. he and uh, I got a great pass from Nicky Shori. Yeah. You know, and I had to read a bit the the situation because the bottom the, right the, corner it yeah, went. The um the defender made a little error, but yep. I gambled. I kind of expected yep. it. 
So yeah. pounced on the uh, pounced yeah. on the opportunity and three points. Of course, early in the season always helps. Yeah. So obviously, I was happy yeah. to be back playing yeah. and then obviously get get the goal. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny how memory works because one thing I remember most about that game was the color of your hair. Because you had blonde, you had the bright blonde yeah. hair. <laughs> yes. And uh, as I remember. My girlfriend was experimenting then on my <laughs> hair. <laughs> yeah, so you scored some great goals that season as well. Um, one of the great ones was against Blackburn. You cut in, yeah. and right into the bottom corner of the net. Yeah. Um, just what was going through your mind with that goal there? It's one of my favorite goals in my West Brom career, and probably in career because it meant a lot. Again, I was just coming back from a slight injury. I was my first start in like three weeks or so. I st- I played a bit in Queens Park Rangers just a week yeah. before that, um, uh, and then that game it was two two away. James Morrison scored a beautiful goal. Yeah, I remember that one. And I could already see the fans uh, leaving the stadium because the home fans were upset that yeah. they had losing points at home. It was two two. Yeah. And we, me and Stephen Reed, were passing the ball to each other like we are ready to settle for a point. Yeah. To. Um, because for us, a away point was good. Yeah. And then I thought, there is a surprise here. We are slowing the tempo down. Let me just accelerate with the ball, like a surprise that we don't, we're, yeah. not, we're not happy with one point. Yeah. And I just surprised them. I think they didn't expect me to, to do that. And yeah. then I took a defender on and had yeah. a good shot on goal. Yeah. Because it's like, oh, an away team still showing ambition here. They should be happy with one point. Yeah. And when I hit the net, I was like, yes, we yeah. so needed the three points. <laughs> That will tell you, like, Stephen Reed is a right back. He ran all the way to the other side of the pitch to yeah. uh, to celebrate with me. And this shows, like, how important those three points yeah. was for us that, and for me personally. And I think as well, people recognised as well that it was a great group of players around at that time. Um, lots of players who were a little bit younger. We have Bob Taylor coming in yes. for a minute. Hello, Bob. <laughs> Hello. Thank you. All right. The yeah. <laughs> and And... I spoke to Chris Brunt and various other players of that time, and yeah. th- they just spoke particularly with Roy Hodgson as well, the closeness of the group, how thrilled the team was, how they, everybody knew where they needed to be. And I just think it shows how special that era of the Premier League football is, and that's what I kind of grew up on, and yeah. that's what made me fall in love with the game. Now, it's time to talk about the hat-trick. Oh, yes. Um, yes. In February... Playing at the Molyneux, it's always going to be a big game. Always a buzz between the two cities. These two don't like each other. It's something I've learned mm-hmm. firsthand. I knew it, but I didn't quite get it until I saw some of the hatred between the two yes. sides. Yeah. So what were your thoughts first going into that game? Um, you know, derbies. I've played in derbies in France, uh, in Belgium, you know. Um, uh in Moscow, they're yeah. always hot. But yeah. this particular one carries a bit more than usual to an extent where it's quite known in the country. Yeah. So in the UK, you know, if you talk about British football, that derby is known to be kind of like yeah. special for even neutral fans, you know. Yeah. So that's already drew my attention to it. There's something, yeah. you know, fans always were happy, buzzing, uh, yeah. more than probably just a derby. But... Um, so, but any derby for me was always interesting against yeah. Birmingham City, against Aston Villa. Yeah. You know, I always enjoyed them. And on that day, you know, I would take three points without a hat-trick because we needed points. We were still yeah. not safe. 
going away, you know, I would have been happy with just three points. And then I scored one and I was already satisfied with two yeah. until Simon Cox, my teammate, comes and whispers in my ear. He says, go for a three, go for a yeah. trick. And I'm like in my head. And that yeah. sounds greedy, but we're already f like 3 1. We were already yeah. cruising. We won. We, we could dominate. I would say we won. But he's like, no, go for a hat trick. And I got again yeah. excited. I said, okay, I'll wait for that chance to put the yeah. third in the net. And that kind of went into the hearts of the fans. Yeah. You know, till today, you, you saw it. You know, they yeah. all liked seeing the number three, the three yeah. goals. And it's a special day for, yeah. for West Brom. I saw how they were celebrating in the stadium. So it's, it's a yeah. big day for myself. My Premier League hat trick and away in a day yeah. we really needed points so yeah. great team effort um you know uh from back to front we were yeah. just flying on the day yes yeah and uh just a couple stats for you you scored four goals against wolves that season because you scored in the home match of that as well yes and it was your third consecutive game scoring against wolves all right so Yes. Uh, you, they must have been seeing you in their sleep at yeah, night. Yeah, I often have, I have friends who are Wolves fans, you know, yeah. around town, you know, one yeah. of, uh, good friend of mine, he always does all my furniture at home. Yeah, yeah. We've been friends, he plays golf a little bit, so we play sometimes on table tennis. So um, some of the f players we play with, so if our wives are friends, so we do yeah. see each other and we always have yeah, banter nice. against each other. Nice, yeah. It's all it's civil. what it's all it's about. It's all civil, yeah, it's very civil and... Yeah. Um, the day we played in Redditch, actually what made my day then was a lady comes to me with a husband and she's like, I've never been on a charity game or a game of this type of vibe. And I absolutely loved it. And yeah. two of her kids were there with them. Yeah. And then the husband started talking. And, and then he says, he's an Aston Villa fan. He, yeah. he sits in the alt end and stuff. And I'm like, how nice is it? Like, they just came here and yeah. watched the West Brom former player retire yeah. as a family and being yeah. fans, you know. Yeah. And uh, before entering the tunnel, it was a boy with a Birmingham City kit. Said, yeah. His dad said hello. We took a picture and he said, can I have your boots? And yeah. I gave him my boots really? because yeah. that's what it's about. That's you what know? it is. But... We like the competition. We like it getting hot. We like the derbies getting hot. But you, we still need to know that without each other, we are nothing. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And it's about respect at the absolutely, end of the day. Absolutely, absolutely. So, but you, just carrying on from that, the next week, you played Sunderland again. And he scored twice. Yep. So it was just a special time for you <laughs> one in your head, career. One with the head, one with the uh, left foot. I remember that well, yes. Yeah? Yes. So we're, you must have been feeling about 10 foot tall at that moment. Absolutely, because, you know, we, we were picking up points that we needed. Yeah. After the hat-trick, obviously, confidence is high as a striker. And, um, you know, it was the moment to capitalize on, like... Uh, uh, the fear the opposition yeah. had of, of us I usually don't score with the head yeah. but you know things were going so well like uh, it was Molumbus uh, cross right or Dorans right? Yeah, yeah. Um, one of them put a cross in I was there I took a hit in my nose though I, I hit it on that header yeah. um, a former West Brom player he is I forgot his name who was trying to head the ball out so I, I tried to hide it, the pain, yeah. because I was so happy about the goal. Yeah. But after, for a few weeks, I had real pains under my nose because oh, his yeah. elbow, I think, went there. But just the moment when the ball went in, I thought, you know, this beautiful stretch of uh, form yeah. continues. So, yes, it was, yeah. 
it was a nice time for us uh, to chase a record again because Roy Hodgson always is there reminding you that this is good but let's try and yeah. get as high as possible on the table because yeah. he was hungry for the England job yeah he know, was yeah. so he always pushed us to the limit so that's an interesting thing you've just said was there a thought in Roy's head that the England job was available to him or I am pretty sure he knew that yes and uh, you know uh, as a British man, they were after, after a long time being coached by uh, different. Italian, different. Yeah. Uh, they wanted someone uh, from England. Yeah. He was just the manager of Liverpool. I'm sure he, he, he knew that there was yeah. a chance if he's doing well with the, with the relatively smaller team in the league. So, um, yeah, and his hunger for the game. Yeah. After that, he coached so many years the national team, went yeah. to coach Palace. He loves the game, he's passionate. Yeah. So, and... Uh, People with like with that hunger, they never satisfied yeah. with like three points. If you have three points and and score many goals, he will ask you to score every one of them. So yeah, yeah, it was a good uh, it was it was a good coach. Yeah. we had a little bit of a fallout with him once when he was desperate for my uh, availability, which was barely nearly not nearly it was impossible <laughs> with that injury. So we had a bit of a fallout, but I love people with passion for the game. Yeah. Even if we fall out, we get the job done sometimes, yeah. yes. So we'll move into your last season with the Albion. One of my favorite memories from that season, that was the year we had Romelu Lukaku, obviously. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But a memory from that season, from one of the games you played, was a game against Southampton. Okay. And again, you scored twice. Yes. And, but particularly the second goal oh, comes to yes. mind yeah. because I've, if memory serves me right, you were defending a set piece. Yes. And so, uh, um, obviously you break through the set break piece. Through. Yes. Um, the ball moves forward. Shane Long. Shane Long, yes. who, by the way, that guy could run. Yes. He was extremely fast. <laughs> he was. And, but, it was a pleasure to play with Shane because yes. that goal just uh, tells you how strong our front, our pair was because of pace. I think he was even faster than me. I was fast, but he was even faster, I think. So we were defending a corner kick and we were still in the, I was in the 18 yard box. But because you know your teammate well, I sensed it. Shane will be there, go for it, something will happen. And I ran, it was probably the longest ever sprint or effort for any goal I've scored in my career. It was like in the days when, George Weah for AC Milan picked the ball in his yeah. box and went and scored in the other end. Yeah. That's how long the run was for yeah. me. And when I saw Shane going for the ball, I said, he will be first on the ball, let's go, go. Yeah. And then he puts in this brilliant cross right in front of me and yeah. uh, it's a flying header, right? Yeah. So, I remember uh, watching that with my family okay. and we watched that goal three or four times oh, okay. watching where you were. Because <laughs> yes. it just, yes. as fans, we love to see a player just giving all their energy to yeah. get themselves into a possession, position to score the goal. Yeah, absolutely. That was, so, of course, determination. And, um, and, of course, and of course, knowing that my teammate Shane has speed, yeah. and that's what we hurt players, uh, teams with. Yeah. And once I saw it's him going, yeah. I had faith that there might something come off at the other end for myself. And I said to myself, come on, sprint as hard as you can. <laughs> so... Yes. We get to that point where, at the end of your West Bromwich Albion career, there was a tough point. Um, I would like to just let you tell the story, or 
explain maybe what happened because obviously it was right into the public eye that you mm-hmm. drove to QPR. Yes. Um, and that obviously didn't work out for you. So mm-hmm. what was it that happened there? It's obviously unfortunate um, what happened because, you know, Brazil, that was 2013 and that season when we scored against Southampton, like as you mentioned that game in particular, the, the game after Southampton was against Wigan away, right? Yeah. And I'm in top form. You know, like with, uh, as you were even saying about the momentum we had scoring against Wolves, next game I'm scoring at home two against yeah. Sunderland. That's the, what I didn't have in the third season. Yeah. So I scored two in Southampton, against Southampton. I even got the man of the match. And the next game I was at a sub, I was a yeah. bench. You know, and it wasn't really some crazy tactics from Steve Clark then, no. but it was his first season as a coach. So he didn't really communicate. So he just didn't put me in the squad and I couldn't build on that form. And yeah. I never understood why did I do anything wrong. He never spoke, just yeah. nothing. The next game, uh, you know, after that, I played against Chelsea. I played well as well. We won 2-1. I scored a winner. Yeah. But then I wasn't playing regular as with Roy Hodgson. So I went in one season from a coach so desperate for my serve to play. Yeah. And, you know, uh, criticizing me publicly yeah. to a coach that if I'm scoring two, winning man of the match, next game I'm not yeah. playing. So that was a shock to my system in general. Yeah. And uh, I was out of the national team because I came back to West Brom to play against Wolves yeah. a few months before that, I left the national team and skipped a midweek friendly yeah. and paid for it dearly. I haven't missed Nigerian national team for like six months. Yeah. So because they said uh, I put my club first. So it was a bit of a thing where I had to deal with emotions that were yeah. not normal to me. Um, and uh, Steve Clark was rotating the squad. I was never being a striker anymore. Yeah. And I was playing on the right wing and he was rotating the squad and often I was on the bench the fans will be singing get him on get him on so yeah. something wasn't right for me and the World Cup in Brazil was coming in 2014 yeah. and I knew if I'm not playing regular football You're not get into I'm the not team. getting to the team and I was already not in the team I had yeah. to fight my way back but without game time it's impossible yeah. so the only offers that came where I was needed as a striker again was from Queen's Park Rangers and we were pretty close on the day to do the deal. And again, because you are Canadian, right? You know Junior Hoylet, right? Yeah, I do. So in the back of the, in this, behind the scenes, they were discussing with Junior Hoylet to join West Brom. Yeah. From what I knew, but it was after the deal collapsed. So he was very close to joining West Brom, but last minute they, something didn't go well. They didn't want, want yeah. to join anymore. So um, then the, the deal didn't go through. But as I was aware, it wasn't a swap deal. Yeah. So, but um, later on, our sport director said to me, he tried to everything to make it, to do a swap, but Junior Hoylet pulled out from the deal last minute. But they didn't explain that to me early. So I was a bit fuming and I couldn't kind of manage yeah. the situation. And I, under, I think most West Brom fans would understand that. Particularly as a footballer, the one thing you want to do is play. Play. That's, and they knew that. I was very young in my head. Yeah. You know, in my West Brom days, Stoke City days, I had all the offers from Qatar, yeah. uh, Dubai, and I always had them, even a trip back to, to go back to Russia for really lots of money. I never prioritized that in my life. Football was everything that mattered, yeah. and the World Cup in Brazil in particular had to do a lot. Yeah. That's why when I got to Stoke, 
I played my heart out. They yeah. needed me well. So I earned the call up to the national team with a coach who didn't want me back. Yeah. Because I played well for six yeah. months in Premier League and played every week. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. he had no case because the fans... Yeah. Could they wanted you me. there. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. It's interesting you say that about players going abroad and making a lot of money because you do see that a lot now. Yes. Um, but I feel like it's a little bit of a reputation thing. Um, playing in the Premier League, it's the biggest league in the world. Absolutely. Without, no, no one, no, no one doubt. who loves football will say anything else. No. Um, so, uh, with all respect to the players who do it, they make their money and they get the chance to play. But I just appreciate to hear that. Now, you scored, like I said at the very beginning, you were the top Premier League goal scorer for West Bromwich Albion. That stands today. Yes. Do you have a favorite goal you scored for the Albion? As you mentioned, the goal um, uh, against Blackburn, yeah. you know, because Dave Chal, who is the mascot, used to, and a few of my friends went there as well. Last week, I bumped into some kids. They are about 20-something, yeah. and they were in that game. I moved to another area of Birmingham, and they were like, we were there, that yeah. goal. So I think it was a special goal. Firstly, yeah. it meant three points. It meant my first start in a couple of months. Mm. I think that was my best goal. Because the the goal against Wolves was nice with the left foot yeah. after Paul Sharner's yeah. back heel. Because I think that adds to the beauty of that goal. Because Paul is not someone that's known to be very skillful. Yeah. But on that moment, he did something very creative. Yeah. So that adds a bit to the goal being yeah. uh, important. And that was the game where I left the national team of Nigeria. Yeah. And said, I, I want to go back and prepare, have a full week's training with the team because we have yeah. a derby against Wolves at home. Yeah. But my coach didn't want to accept that because I would have played the, and then flew over on a Thursday and yeah. didn't have enough time to prepare. Yeah. So that goal also has a bit of like a vindictive, I yeah. vindicated myself with it. Yeah. So, but um, in terms of importance, uh, probably the Blackburn one. And yeah. one beautiful goal was against Newcastle as yeah. well, yeah, which is similar. And what makes that ball so beautiful is Chris Brown's pass. Yeah. So what Paul Sharner did there, I think Chris's pass with the outside of the left foot could probably beat that also. Yeah. So those two goals yeah. is uh, a special for me. There's, that's one thing that's special, Chris Brown's left foot, I'll yeah, tell you that absolutely. much. Yes. Now, this is the most difficult question I'm going to ask you, and it's the second last, so we've made yes. it. yes. Do you have a favorite West Bromwich Albion memory or a moment? Um, I would probably say the dressing room after the after the win at the Molyneux because yeah. I was going around uh, getting signatures on the ball. It was my first hat trick ball in Premier yeah. League, right? And I just was getting players to sign it, and I was, there was a buzz in the dressing room. It's like a revival has come, yeah. a happy day. So I think I would say. It was a beautiful day to have the ball and yes. get on the bus, knowing the, the happiness that's amongst us as players yeah. and among, obviously, the, the fans of yeah. West Brom. And finally, I just want to ask, so what are you up to now, now that football's done? I, I hopefully one day will um, uh, be back into football in some capacity. For now, I'm raising three wonderful kids. Yeah. Uh, my older son... First sport is cricket, though. Nice, my second yeah. one is a footballer. And my daughter is five, is very sporty, good yeah. legs. Probably sportier than the two boys. So yeah. I hope they will do something in sports. Yeah. Um, my boys like West Brom a lot. Good. So um, we go to the stadium sometimes. 
I they are my focus. That's my priority, Excellent. and I'm doing a, a three-year course. I'm now in the final year uh, in the PGA Excellent, golf because yeah. today is a golf day, right? Lots yeah. of footballers play golf, and I'm doing a coaching um, degree in professional golf studies as well, and uh, hopefully that will help as um, uh, to prepare me for yeah. man- management in football Excellent. as well. So Excellent. I want to thank you for coming on, Peter. Um, we all appreciate, particularly the hat trick, but all the goals. Thank they you. all mean the same to us. So thanks for coming on. Thank you. I can tell it. I enjoyed this chat so much. And I will be thinking about the feelings you had and the experience you had against Norwich. Because it's not something I knew. Although that game was special in every way. Three points in Premier yeah. League. Uh, now you told me that it was a catalyst for you to get the extra feelings for the club West Brom. And leaving so far to fly here to yeah. meet some of us, this is what motivation is, you know, keeps us motivated. It always was me, it was a lot to do with fans. So thank you for that, and uh, I'm happy to have made you a happy man. Great, thank you so much. <laughs> You're welcome. Thank you for listening to the WBA Canada podcast. Be sure to follow me on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube at WBA Canada for the latest updates and news regarding West Brom from a Canadian's perspective.